Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast is a Christ-centered podcast established in 2019 and hosted weekly by Pastor Chris Busher. Addressing a host of topics such as the Great Commission, Christian discipleship, and often featuring interviews with special guests who are experts in their field. The views and events expressed on this podcast and all related materials belong solely to their author and not necessarily to the author's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. While all attempts are made to present accurate information, some information may become outdated over time. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast makes every attempt to timely update any and all such information. Without further delay, here's another powerful episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Once again, my name is Dallas Montague here, calling you again from Sao Paulo, Brazil. Today, we have another wonderful guest joining us, Dr. Malita. Doctor, how are you today? It's such a pleasure to have you. I am doing well. Thank you so much for having me. It's it's a great blessing to be here with you. Today, we're going to talk about one of your recently released journal books, and it's called Who Cares? A Self-Guide Help and Devotional Journal for the Seasons of Life. And if I could comment on that, I mean, we're in mid-2022, almost entering into 2023 as we, we go on. The days are moving fast. The months are going quick. And there are so many different seasons of life. And we need something like this. We need to answer this question, who cares? And so I'm blessed to have you here today joining us with our audience. And something we always like to do, our audience love to hear our story from the guest, your testimony. And so please tell us who you are, a little bit about how you met Christ and how it changed your life moving forward. Well, it's a it's really a joy to be able to share about my faith walk with the Lord and how I became a, a Christian. Or for some people, they like to say how I became saved. Well, I became a believer uh, because I I had a praying grandmother, and I called her Granny. You know, she taught me about the importance of having a relationship with Jesus at an early age. And because of her spiritual covering, I gave my life to the Lord at the age of 16 and got baptized at 17. And I can tell you, Dallas, that was the best decision I've ever made in my life. And I just praise God that I became a Christian at such a a young age. Mm. And being a Christian at a young age, 16 years old, How did that impact your life, your teenage years? Because I'm sure you had friends who were not yet saved. And so how did your life look different than your friends, maybe? Well, it looked different because I had to change my lifestyle. Uh, No more partying with my friends, Mm -hmm. gossiping, you know, Mm -hmm. about others. All of that had to stop Uh, because you you know that once we accept Jesus Christ as our, our personal savior, you know, I'll, I'll, we become a new creature, you know, things change. And I then allowed myself to say, I want to get to know the Lord, you know, more, not just going to church, you know, uh, attending a faith-based organization. I wanted to witness, and I did that. But most of all, I learned to depend and trust, you know, on the Lord or in the Lord for everything in my life. Mm. So it's been a blessing. It's it's wonderful when we can depend on him for everything. 
to meet all the needs, all the things that we experience and go through. He is the one that we turn to. Incredible. Yes. Thank you for sharing this. And that takes us to today. So today, what are you doing in your life? What is your career? You're a doctor. Tell us a little bit more about that. So I am a clinical psychologist and I work you know, with veterans, spinal cord veterans at that, and I enjoy my job. It's a blessing each day to go to work and be able to help those who need my help and improve their quality of life. And so each day I, I have a smile on my face because I, I enjoy working with the, my, the population of spinal cord veterans. And it also gives me an opportunity to witness because many of them value spirituality. It is a, a coping resource for them. And so I, I'm able to join with them. I don't impose my spiritual values, but I'm able to validate their spiritual values. And so it makes a, a world of a difference as a believer to be able to work with them and help them develop a sense of a relationship with the Lord. And I collaborate with chaplains and we're able to invest in their spirituality. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you for that work as well, because that's an important field to, to reach the veterans and all the, the things that you're doing with that. So again, thank you for that. One more thank time, you. thank you for joining us today and sharing a little bit about your testimony. I feel like now we can communicate a little bit better knowing you as we do now. You're listening to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors. Innovation Nation, I'm all in. Create your dream business online or create your dream lifestyle. Mantech Design specializes in turning any idea, product, or service into a seven-figure business utilizing online leverage. Find more information to achieving your dreams by searching mantechdesigns.com. That is M-A-N-T-E-C-H designs.com. The Prophetic War on Words. Learn secrets on how to win the war of words from creation to the Battle of Armageddon. Since the beginning of creation, there has been a prophetic war on words that will continue until the Battle of Armageddon. This war is about God's words against the devil's words. All of humanity is caught in the middle of this war. In the last days, God has destined His church to relearn ancient secrets revealed to Old Testament prophets, historical men of God, and the closest of Jesus' disciples in winning the war of words. This book is a prophetic warfare manual for every believer who wants to learn the secrets of gaining the upper hand when fighting the good fight of faith. Find your copy on Amazon today. So taking us to your devotion, your journal here, who cares? So what led you to write this journal? And what does this mean? Just tell us a little bit about the title, Who Cares? So Who Cares was written, uh, you know, because I, I know that we're living in, you know, a pandemic. And I know that there were definitely a desire to seek help and a lot of people are feeling a sense of hopelessness but one of the things i realized with journals as i did my research is that there really didn't exist a lot uh, in terms of journals it didn't exist a lot of faith-based journals and so the lord led me to write this book who cares uh, based upon spirituality 
inspiration, and psychology. And I have noticed as a psychologist that, especially for Christians, that there's an incongruence or disconnect between faith and mental health. Mm -hmm. And so, Dallas, I wanted to write this book to, to let Christians know that when they're experiencing any emotional struggles, that prayer is good, but also seeking mental health assistance, guidance is also a good thing. Um, just like when you know, a person has a physical disease, they, they see a physician. Well, God has placed you know, clinicians, mental health clinicians, to also help with mental health diseases and disorders. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think in the Christian community, we tend to think that a person has to be psychotic or in layman's terms, crazy to see a mental health clinician. But that's that's a myth and that's not accurate. And so I wrote this book, Who Cares, to give everyone, but particularly Christians, a tool to help them to guide them through their seasons of difficulty. Mm -hmm. And it focuses on, as I said, spiritual, inspirational, and psychological concepts. Something you said there jumped out to me that it's a myth that people think you have to be crazy only to go to a person like, like this. Do you think that this is a ploy of the enemy to help people, to allow people not to get the help that they need? I think so. Uh, it, it's not only, you know, a ploy of the enemy, but also, unfortunately, it's, it's kind of inculcated in the Christian culture mm. to believe that the only way to deal with mental health problems is to just pray about it. But we have so many Christians who are suffering to the point where they commit suicide yeah. because of the fact that it's not highly valued in many of the Christian communities to seek mental health counseling. And so that's one of the points I really want to send home today is that faith and psychology can work hand in hand. Uh, they're, they're not isolated concepts as we, we tend to promote sometimes in, in our faith-based organizations. In a little bit of your personal journey, did you just write this based on your experience in your career, knowing what's around you, knowing what's going on during the pandemic? Or do you have also a personal story or something that just really hits home with this, this similar topic? Well, I am not just an author. I'm a journaler. I, I have been journaling, or as we say in the science literature, expressive writing has been part of my lifestyle for a long time. I started out with gratitude journals. Uh, I followed Oprah Winfrey's pattern of gratitude entries. And so I have been, you know, allowing journaling to be a great therapeutic tool for me for a long time. And uh, it really in one part of my life, I, I experienced a, a marital crisis and I definitely prayed and I meditated on, on God's word. But I also said, well, I have to practice what I preach. So I started using journaling as a tool to help work through my marital crisis. And I can say today, you know, 23 years later, still being married, praise the Lord, mm -hmm. that journaling worked. And, uh, if, and I say in my book, Who Cares, that if journaling worked for me, 
it can work for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's a, it's a great tool. And I have been grateful and, that I have been utilizing it to even help myself. And I know it can help others. Mm-hmm. And going back to that statement, who cares? I think this is something that we just throw out often, you know, when, when we're working throughout our day or whatever the situation may be, we like, who cares? Who cares? Well, I think the truth is a lot of people do care. And so I, I'm interested to hear your answer behind this. But what do you think is the most common mistake we make when we just throw this statement out? No one cares. Who cares? Yeah, and you're right, Dallas. Um, there, we all have good support systems. Not everybody has a good support system. But most of all, I, I would hope that at least we can have one person we can connect to that you know, cares about us, but there are many people who don't have a good support system and they feel as if no one cares. But as Christians, you can even feel lonely in church and you could be around people, but still feel alone and feel lonely. And so uh, it is so important to, you know, be in tune with God's word you know, and so when the question asks, who cares, we can remind ourselves that God cares. And First Peter 5, 7 says, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. And that, and that is a, 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 a scripture that we have to hold on to, that in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of inflation and life challenges, that God cares even if we feel no one else may care, that God cares. And, that, and that's really what matters if we can hold on you know, to that, that concept. One thing I want to, I don't want to jump over on what you're saying here, but I want to add to it for our audience today, that the truth is God cares, like you're saying, and he's cared. It's not a new care. It's the same old care that he's had for you from the beginning of your life. He created you with purpose and he cares. I love to preach here in Brazil, Luke chapter 15, where we have the three parables that Jesus is is ministering here. And it says the prodigal son, the lost coin, and the lost sheep. And if we look at the heart of God in each of these parables, God loves the lost people. And he goes out and he gets that lost sheep. He has 99, but he still goes and gets that lost sheep. He finds that missing coin. There's no place you can hide from God. He looks diligently for you. And this whole time in your entire life, he's been saying, come with me, follow me. I care. I love you. I created you. You're mine. And I love that. And so if you're having a difficulty in your life and you're saying this statement, who cares? Who cares? God cares. He does. And it's, from, it's the same care. It doesn't matter what you have done. He still cares for you. He still loves you. And he wants you to come home. And so, like I said, I don't want to jump over into what you're saying, but I just felt led to share that, that God cares. He really does. He does. And Dallas, thank you. And I, I just want to, you know, the Lord is really leading us because I want to add even, you know, some more to what you're saying too, is that there may be a, a Christian listener who says, I know in my heart that God cares, but I'm in a real dark place where I don't feel God's presence, that Mm -hmm. I don't feel like God really cares about me. And I want to say to that listener that, you know, you are in a dark place, maybe because you're experiencing clinical depression, which is a disease that needs to be treated, you know, by a a mental health provider. Uh, Because yes, God can deliver you from depression, 
But if you're at a point where you've, you've done, you're praying, but yet sometimes you don't even feel like praying anymore because you're in that space, you know, that I would just want to encourage you to, you know, seek counseling and to know that there are, you know, clinicians, mental health clinicians there who are trained to integrate faith and mental health so that they can help you with your, you know, struggling problem and also value the role that faith plays in your life. And so I, I just want to emphasize that sometimes we may, you know, definitely believe on some level that God cares, but it's kind of hard to be able to embrace it when you're experiencing clinical depression. Yeah, when you're in it, it's hard to, to recognize, yeah. That's true. On to, our, on to our next question here. What are some of the other topics that you discuss in your book? And who would you say that this journal is written for? Is it written from the perspective to a Christian or just to someone who's asking who cares? Yeah, well, well let's start with the, the last question. So, you know, when I was writing this book, I definitely have Christians in mind because there's lots of great biblical insight. And so, uh, you know, I know that most Christians will value who cares. Uh, but, you know, the God said to me that, you know, there are many other people outside of my fold who need to get to know me. And so I have it, you know, designed in such a way where non-Christians or non-believers can also be able to benefit from who cares because of the fact that the reflections, the insights can help individuals deal with their struggles. And I want to also you know, indicate that I titled my chapters Seasons because life is transitional and sometimes we are on the mountaintop experiencing summer joy and other times in life, we are in the valley experiencing winter blues. And so I have been asked, why did you label it seasons? Well, just because of that, because I wanted people to be able to identify with their season and to reflect on their season. And so that was really important. So some of the season topics, you know, are rest and relaxation, mental and physical health personal growth change. And I chose these seasonal topics or topics because it focuses on whole health and self-care. And those topics are very important. I think we become overwhelmed with life, demands of life, and we forget to take care of ourselves. And God wants us to prosper and be in good health. You say that this is a journal devotional book, and there are many of these published out there, but how is yours set apart from others? You did mention this a few minutes ago, but expand on that a little bit more. How is your journal different than other journals out there? Well, many of the journals out there focus on primarily on mental health and mindfulness, and there's very little spiritual guidance. And so, and who cares, definitely it's replete with psychological insights, but the Bible is throughout. 
There's scripture for for affirming oneself. There's scripture as gentle reminders. There's scripture to help people just grow closer to God. In addition to that, I also have awe-inspiring nature illustrations that create an elevated sense of calmness and a gentle reminder of God's presence, you know, as the journaler focuses on self-care. And I think those two aspects make, makes my book stand out different. For those who are not familiar with journaling, how does a person use your journal, your book? Because when I think of it, there will be spaces for places to write, things like that. Tell us a little bit more about that. So for those who may not be familiar with journaling, uh, there's really no right way or chronological order to journaling, especially in my book. I, it's really designed to speak to where the person is in their life. And so, you know, part of the journaling process involves writing 15 to 20 minutes daily, just expressing thoughts, feelings, and actions, and avoiding judging the writing, because I think that that can be very commonplace where individuals tend to wonder, okay, am I, is my grammar okay? You know, is you know, have I, do, I, am I, do I need to compl have complete sentences? And if you can just avoid the judgment with it, it helps your, your thoughts and emotions to flow. And, and that's the key with, with journaling is to just be yourself. Allow yourself to be in a quiet, safe place where you just flow with the thoughts flow with the emotions. And sometimes when you're flowing with the emotions, it can be overwhelming. And so you might just want to pause for a minute and uh, allow yourself to take a break. And then you could come back to it. And as a person is releasing their emotions on paper, they're releasing it from their brain, from their heart, and they're going to feel lighter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the, the burden is going to be lifted. And they're going to hopefully develop more insight and, and problem solve their situation if they are journaling consistently. And I like to also just recommend that the, the ideal situation with journaling would be in mental health counseling, where you can have the guidance of a mental health clinician as you're journaling, especially when you're dealing with tra trauma or any kind of emotions that are very difficult to manage and contain when you're journaling, you know, yeah. by yourself. Just as a, as a question, would you say that most people endure trauma in their life? Like majority of people? I think we all experience trauma on some level and it's all in how we cope with it. You know, that's always the key because uh, you know, what I may interpret as trauma may be different from what you interpret as trauma. Yeah. And so, you know, it is where one as Christians, we ask God to, to definitely lead us to the, the people who can support us and help us. And definitely, as I said, you know, mental health providers can, can be a great resource to help deal with the trauma. 
Because if you don't deal with it, it, it manifests itself in, in many different ways. I mean, it can manifest itself in a relationship. So if you've had child, uh, child abuse, uh, it can manifest itself later on in life. And, and ha- a person may end up having, you know, low self-esteem for many years because of trauma. And, uh, and you know, it, it's difficult if you don't have a, a strong support system, especially in the mental health community, to, to work through that. I know that many pastors, you know, struggle with helping their congregation because they don't always have the skill set to help people work through trauma. And that's where ministers and pastors, it's important for them to collaborate with the mental health community so they can best meet the needs of their congregation. And also, I just want to add to, since we're talking about pastors, when I, when I wrote my book, I also wrote my book with pastors or ministers in mind because they struggle a lot and they struggle silently and they don't always have an accountability partner or someone they trust to help them work through their own emotional struggles. And yet they're taking on the burden of their congregation. Mm-hmm. And so I want to encourage you know, any minister or pastor who's listening that, yes, I know you, you believe in God and, and you, you trust that God will help deliver you from your problems. But you don't have to carry your emotional burdens by yourself. God is there, yes, walking you through it. Uh, But seek counseling. Seek somebody who can help you work through it. Because as you become stronger, you know, in the Lord, as you work through your issues, uh, you'll find that you'll become a a better pastor uh, Mm. because you have dealt with your issues. And and hopefully it won't lead to... Um, you know, suicide, because there are pastors who are committing suicide if we if we are real about it. And um, part of it is because, you know, they it's a disease. Clinical depression is a disease. And and if they hopefully if they had gotten maybe more help, because I wouldn't say they didn't get any that maybe they might still be alive today. But I, we want to save lives. And um, in America, the the suicide prevention number has changed. It's now a very simple number, 988. And so if anyone who's listening is on the verge of attempting suicide, I want to encourage you to call 988 for those who are listening in in the United States of America. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all of that. I want to add one more thing to what you were saying there. I don't know if you have ever, ever heard of this, but there's something called ultimate journey that it's a a very powerful tool that walks people through trauma and things like this. And I went through this overcoming my addiction and it was talking about all of these things in my life, not just traumas, but choices, talking about all these things that happened in my life. I've never felt so free just talking about it, being like inviting the Lord in God, what happened here? No, I was here. So, and I was with you in this time, but you let this happen. No, I was protecting you in ways you couldn't see, you know, And, and just, Bringing God into all of those things really helped me immensely in my life and made me so much more free, so much more confident that I'm not alone and that God really does care. He really was with me my entire life, even in the bad, even in the mountaintop, the low, everything. He was with me. And so all the things you're sharing, thank you so much. I do want to ask, you said that we experience different seasons. And so although this book is 
who cares? Is this a book I could pick up when I'm in that mountaintop experience, just experiencing the blessings of God and still be blessed by it? Or is it more of a book written toward the people who are seeking direction? No, you can be in a good place in your life and, <laughs> and utilize who cares uh, because it's about, you know, strengthening, mm -hmm. you know, and strengthening you in the areas where you feel you need to be strengthened. It, it encourages, it comforts, it instills joy and, and gratitude because of God's word being embedded in it. Mm -hmm. So we, it, it's designed where there's reflections and then there's an affirmation. And, uh, and then there's a confirmation. And I, let me give you an example, because I think, you know, people say, okay, well, you know, I, I wonder what she's talking about. So I have an excerpt here I want to just share. So it says, when you take the time to smell roses, you will begin to manage your stress more effectively. Making an effort to slow down is challenging for some of us. Type A's, you know what I mean? Nevertheless, there's a great relief when you take 15 to 20 minutes to slow down. So try it today and make a difference in your life. And the reflection says, what makes it difficult for you to slow your pace? And the affirmation is, it's okay to slow down. Mm -hmm. And the confirmation from God's word is, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Matthew eleven twenty-eight. 28. So that's the, I like, the format. I like the, the way it kind of goes into each other, like overfolds on each other. That's good. Wow. Thank you. Anything else that you would like to discuss today about your book, about your time here for our audience, maybe an overall point that you could leave us with today? Well, I, I've enjoyed this time with you. And, and I think that the, the main point that I would like to, to share is that no matter what you're experiencing in life, that as we have reiterated more than once in this interview, that God is there for you and God will use mental health clinicians to help you through mm -hmm. your struggles, your challenges, your trauma in life, that you don't have to you know, carry your burdens by yourself. Yes, we know that God is helping you because you trust him, but God will use mental health clinicians to also help you. And so who cares is also a tool. So if you're not at the point where you want to seek mental health counseling, or maybe you can't afford mental health counseling, then who cares is a faith-based journal book that's also evidence-based because I, I believe as a clinical psychologist that it was important for me to integrate spirituality and psychology. And you will see that in my book, Who Cares? Yeah. Melita, thank you so much for all the things that you shared. One more question. Where can we find this book? Where can we find some of your personal content? If it's a YouTube page, maybe a website that you have, we can connect with you moving forward. So I, I have a website, which is easy to remember, whocaresjournal.com. And I am also online with Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, and Walmart. And you can find me on Instagram at Dr. Mel MC, it says D-R-M-E-L-M-C, or Twitter, 
Dr. Melita MC, D-R-M-E-L-I-T-A-M-C. I'm also on YouTube. And so you can, you know, you'll see it under Who Cares Journal or God-Centered Journal, Dr. Melita. You can find me on YouTube as well. Excellent. Thank you so much for all the things that you shared today. I know our audience is going to be blessed by our conversation today. And if I can have you end our conversation with a prayer, I would really appreciate it. My pleasure. Dear loving Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity to be able to help someone today. It wasn't just about who cares, even though I know that who cares is a tool that will help anyone who is experiencing emotional struggles or who just needs another tool to help them to deal with day-to-day life. But Lord, we pray that that someone who is in the midst of clinical depression or anxiety or just feels like giving up will know that you are God that cares, that even when they don't feel your presence, that you are there. Because Lord, you have told us in your word that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. And so may each person who's listening to this podcast know, Lord, that you are going to help them walk through any type of trials or tribulation. And we thank you. We thank you for being a caring God. We thank you for being a God who loves us beyond measure. And may you continue to bless each one who will be listening to this podcast. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You've just listened to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. With your host, Pastor Chris Busher. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast was recorded live in studio with final editing made before uploading. Subscribe today to Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast on iTunes or Google Play. For more fantastic daily content, visit Pastor Chris Busher online via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Don't miss the next episode on Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.